The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, you may or may not remember, uh, we had a very famous reading from the prophet Micah, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, we had the start of something called the Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes. Uh, and in that message, I sort of compared and contrasted those two uh, passages and teased out uh, a particular meaning. I'd sort of like to do the same thing today. Um, today's Old Testament passage comes from the book of Deuteronomy, uh, which is essentially a very long uh, sermon by Moses, his final sermon to the Hebrew people before they cross over into the Promised Land. And the reading uh, we heard Charlotte read is actually from the very end of that sermon. And in the New Testament, we have a continuation of the Sermon on the Mount, which we started reading a couple of weeks ago with the Beatitudes. Uh, in this case, it's uh, Jesus lifting up some laws, uh, that some of which had been given by Moses. So again today, I want to sort of tease out one simple but important point uh, that we can find in each of these readings. I will say right away, though, that they're connected um, in a couple of ways already. Uh, Jesus, again, goes up, we're told, to a high place. That's why it's called the Sermon on the Mount. That automatically connects him to Moses, 
Uh, he gave, Moses gave the law from Mount Sinai, from a high place, so sort of symbolically now, the two are the same. And as I already mentioned, in this reading in, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is explicitly lifting up some of the commandments that were given by Moses. And so I want to, again, tease one simple idea out of this, and we'll start with the, uh, the gospel reading here. Uh, at this point in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is going to refer to four different commandments, okay? And, and this continues beyond the reading for today, but in today's reading we get four. So this is chapter 5, verse 21. You have heard it said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder. That's the first commandment he lifts up. Second one, you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. Uh, the third one, it was also said whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. And then the fourth and final one we hear in today's reading is, again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you not, shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord, okay? So initially what he's doing is lifting up commandments that would have been familiar to his listeners. And in each of those cases, he follows up that commandment with the same word. The word is, but. And I'm gonna say right away, his point isn't to say, you heard it said that there was this commandment, but I'm getting rid of that commandment. It's actually quite the opposite. In every case, he's sort of turning up the dial raising the stakes, and I'll just lift up the first of these to make the point, okay? So again, the first one he mentions is, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment, but I say to you, if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment, okay? So he's expanding or extending these commandments, he's adding to them, and here's the simple point I want to get to. I think, certainly I think our culture hears that kind of thing, and, and because we are part of that culture, we also hear initially, bummer. More rules? More regulations? More limitations? Seriously? Because culturally, what do we think? We assume that the way to happiness, the way to fulfillment, the way to satisfaction in life is an expansion of all freedoms, right? And we think, well, this is a limitation of freedom. It, it's, it's adding more burdens. That doesn't sound like much fun. And I want to suggest, this is the simple point, I want to suggest that that's not a particularly helpful or healthy way to read this. I'm going to suggest instead a better way to read it is to think of Jesus here as a loving mother or a loving father who knows his or her children better than the children themselves, and he is saying to those children, folks, I know what's good for you, better than you know. And the example I'm gonna use here, uh, I used it last night, my daughter Sarah is actually still here, she was here at worship last night. Years ago, we were at a, a baseball game at Oakwood, this is back when there was a, a baseball field there, I am not making this up, she walked across County Road 6, to the old Shell Station, you remember that? Those of you who were here when that was around or who know County Road 6, uh, that was scary. She could have been injured. She had no idea what, you know, what was uh, possible in terms of her injury, but she thankfully made it across the street with Amy, my wife, running after her. And again, that's an instance of a parent could say to a child, kids, don't play in the street. 
It's bad for you. You might get hurt. And the child who doesn't know any better might say, but I want to run in the street. All you're doing is limiting my freedom. And that's a bummer. But the parents know better. In the same way Jesus knows better, Jesus says, I know who you are. I know how God made you. I promise you, if you follow these commandments, which seem like limitations, in fact, you will find a new and different kind of freedom, and you will discover who you really are. The same thing is true in the passage from Deuteronomy, right? And again, here Moses is speaking to the Hebrew people. He's kind of giving them his last farewell speech. And he says, uh, one way to read it again is about that limitation. He says, see, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, then you shall live. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear... Uh, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. And we hear that in one way and we think, oh, bummer again. Moses is just trying to, you know, dampen our style. He's limiting our freedom. He's giving us more commandments. I think it's not a good way to read it. I think, again, it's better to think of Moses here as a loving father, a loving mother, who's saying to his listeners, folks, as you make your way to the promised land, I promise you, you will flourish and feel a new kind of life and freedom if you follow the commandments I have given you. I mentioned Micah uh, in that famous passage. We talked about it a couple uh, weeks ago. And I, I talked about how Micah, part of the point of that as I was reading it was, Micah was saying to his listeners, folks, this is not complicated. You already know what you're supposed to do. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. And in the same way, Moses says in a couple of different places in this passage, um, something, it's not exactly the same as that phrase from Micah, but it's very similar. Uh, what you need to do is love the Lord your God, walk in his ways, and observe his commandments. And I think at some level we all know that. Whatever the culture says to us, about expanding freedoms or doing whatever we want to find fulfillment and satisfaction, I think at some level we all know Maybe that's really not how we were made. And Moses, like Micah, also, not in the reading we heard from today, but just before it, reminds us, friends, this is not complicated. It's simple. He says, surely this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. And then he says, it's not like I, you have to send someone up to heaven and find it and then bring it back down. And it's not like you have to send someone across the sea to find the commandment and bring it back so you can understand it. And then he says this, this is verse 14 in chapter 30, the verse right before the passage we heard. No, he says, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. I mentioned that Moses is saying these words as the Hebrew people are closing one chapter in their life, the wandering in the wilderness, and entering a new chapter, moving into the promised land. Today, uh, it's probably appropriate we're reading this because we also have sort of inf an inflection point in our year, um, the annual meeting. The annual meeting is not the most important part of the church here, friends, okay? I promise you. Christmas and Easter are. <laughs> but it's an important point in the year when we can look back with gratitude on how far God has brought us and we can look ahead with anticipation to a hope-filled future. And it seems to me that as we look to that future, we could do worse 
then pray the words that Moses gives us that we should be reminded to love the Lord your God, walk in his ways, and observe his commandments. So let's pray for that right now. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Loving God, we do thank you for bringing us this far. We thank you for all you have helped us to accomplish in your name in the last year. And as we look ahead to the future with hope, we pray you will give us the strength and courage to follow you filled with joy. And all this we pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.